1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the president of the NAACP here in Peoria, the Peoria branch, uh, Pastor Marvin Hightower is in studio with me. Uh, welcome to the show, Pastor. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Burford, can you uh, grab that mic and get a little bit close to you? Sure. Um, yeah, okay. Um, sorry about that. I should have told you off the air. I check, check. Thinking, you you're perfect, man. Okay. okay. So I do want to ask you some questions mm-hmm. about the NAACP's um, travel advisory as far as Florida is concerned, uh, which did happen on a national level. I know that you've been asked, I think, by our news team and others if you support it, and you said yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll get into that at the tail end of this conversation uh, because it dawns on me that this is probably very, very little of the work you actually do in the area and how it connects to Florida. Uh, A predominant amount of the work you're going to be doing is relevant to here and what's going on in Peoria. And so we were just talking off air, and you said that one of the biggest things over the last couple months that deserves attention, deserves a conversation, is the city and the county's joint commission on racial justice and equity, uh, which was released back at the end of March, uh, mm-hmm. right? Correct. What are some of the most important things that you saw in that report and some of the things that you think uh, need to find that there needs to be new solutions to? Well, of course, uh, well, it was the data proved something that we always known it was known but now the data backs up what we thought Mm -hmm. and so it pointed out the disparity in education and how typically according to the data that we have in this public made data that uh black students start out behind white students and even hispanic students in some cases gotcha and then uh, which leads to uh, uh falling behind everywhere some of, some of the things I see in here, I'll just ta- I'll rattle mm-hmm. them off. This is from 25 uh, News, who mm-hmm. reported on this back in uh, March. The report mm-hmm. said that 47% of black families need home household food assistance. This is compared to 23% of Hispanic families and 14.5% of white families. Eight in 10 inmates in the Peoria County Juvenile uh, Detention Center are black. The report showed 16% of juvenile jails, uh, jails population was uh, white. Um, there were several other things talking about, as you said, uh, education. Uh, the data also showed that black uh, drivers make up 61% of all police department traffic stops in Peoria, even though black uh, um, black uh, residents is only 27% of the population here in Peoria. Uh, are there any of those specific things that you also felt were were signs of of change that you need to um, you know see in some other way? You you summed it up at the 27%. We're 27% of the population, yet those things that you called out, we are at a higher percentage yeah. than those with a greater percentage of residents in Peoria. Sure. So we have to get to uh, what causes that, and that's what this commission was formed to do, and it has several committees. It was 162 people, I think, total yeah. that's on this committee commission with various working groups sure. to address these issues, which we already been working on. However, now we're doing it in a more collaborative effort to make a more uh, uh, poignant or, uh, or, or, or pointed. Uh, yeah. That's a lack of a better term. So I want to yeah. just Solutions. ask honest questions, frank questions, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully uh, in no way, shape, or form do any of these questions come off as being anything other than, than honest and sincere. Sure. Um, when you talk about um, certain parts of, say, uh, our community, or uh, even you can use Chicago as a good example of it, some of the places where there's a dis- disproportionate amount of, of violence and, and mm-hmm. where there is a lot of homicide, mm-hmm. especially in a Chicago, um, you also find that those communities are are heavily, um, uh, in some of these places, this is not painting with a broad brush, it's not true mm-hmm. everywhere, uh, but actually heavily African-American or, or Hispanic. Sure. Sure. So is there a connection between how the community it, itself um, is is 
I don't know, different than than other communities and why then you see the amount of police response, uh, arrests, all those things. Um, is there any um, variation of this conversation that admits to there being a, a problem uh, within the community itself that doesn't really have to do with the decisions of the police. Well, since you mentioned Chicago, if you look at the FBI data, Chicago is not even the top ten as the worst, uh, as as the most violent cities. It's not even in the top ten. St. Louis is, but St. Uh, and the most, and it's not even the most violent city in Illinois. Yeah, it's actually Rockford. Right. I I, yeah. I did see that, Dad. Yeah. I know what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. but the the yeah. city of Chicago as a whole is yeah. not necessarily reflective of how the South Side of Chicago behaves. So if you were to um, uh, stratify that data to be more specific to the south side of Chicago, it is by far the most violent community within the uh, state of Illinois and actually one of the most violent communities within the United States. So when you say Chicago as a whole, and I lived in Chicago, all over Chicago, I lived on the south side, I lived on the north side, I lived in the center of Chicago, I, I know from human experience, which is anecdotal and just mine, that there was more moments of Hey, there was a there was a shooting a few blocks from you when I was living on the south side than when I was ever living in any of those other communities. So if you peel back the layers, and we talked about this earlier, redlining, redlining played a make plays a major part in what's happening in Chicago. If you look, sure, and you see how Chicago is drawn out, you can clearly see the red lines. And when you put a community in close proximity, that's where the Violent. That's where the crime happens. Gotcha. If I put a concentration of, of of white of the white community in one area, yeah. they'll commit crimes against the white people because they are in that community. So it's proximity. Do you mean um, uh, disadvantaged white Americans? If they all lived in the same uh, community, would have a a higher rate of crime? Is that what you mean? Not just disadvantaged, because I mean uh, crime covers all spectrum. And gotcha. when I when I, and and one thing I don't like is saying black. Crime or white crime. Sure, I understand. Crime that. is crime. Yes, it is. And, and it's really related to proximity. You can have someone at the highest of heights, meaning they could be a president of a company yeah. and commit oh, absolutely. many, many, many white collar crimes. Sure. However, someone that's uh, uh, in a lower income bracket, yeah. they get typically get more. Uh, prison time because of the lack of resources to defend them. I can go one further for you. Um, uh, People um, shoot each other, and it is not any one community that does all of the shooting. I mean, if you see a a viral story every so often of of some of the horrific things that happen in our society, they're disproportionately white young men who are doing that. So so I'm not going to go as far as to say that there's a specific type of crime or a community that does it. But from a lot of people I talk to, even within certain communities, especially when I was in Chicago uh, working um, for a radio station there, uh, people within certain communities do say that that violence, that that some of the things that uh, you see there are are a um, part of the community that needs to be fought within by leaders of the community. And so I know that there are people that admit to the idea uh, that some communities, for whatever reason, and I think that's what you're getting at, talking about some of the redlining or even uh, their systematic racism when it existed, I think, years ago, even before uh, the civil rights movement, uh, when there is proof that, that black people were getting rejected for home loans that they should have qualified for. Yeah, uh, a lot of, right, sure. of mm-hmm. A lot of that you don't see or mm-hmm. we don't hear about as much as in today's society because I think a whole lot of work has been done uh, to change a lot of what we – you know, like the civil rights movement, and I, I shouldn't, I'm 
don't need to educate you on this right. at all. Right. Um, but the civil rights movement was about things like segregation, right. uh, having schools that were for white kids and schools that were for black kids. Those things don't exist in our society. Right. So but there's been improvement. It, well, there's, and then also uh, the March on Washington was an, uh, was an economic message that he was sure. pr- giving. It was about uh, economics. And if you go back, even when the slaves were freed, what were they freed into? They had no place to go. They had no land. What else? What they were freed in a sense, but freed into what? Sure. And so they, uh, we never received the 40 acres and the mule when the slave masters got their reparations. So we were always behind by a couple of hundred years. Mm-hmm. So multiply that over these years, being behind from the start, right. it's hard to catch up. <laughs> so so yeah. if, if there is a historical aspect of how we've gotten to where we are today, yeah. but I think you would, you would uh, say I'm correct in saying that the, the problems of today are not the problems of the past. Uh, they are not as significant to some of those challenges. Well, I wouldn't say that because right. when I first became back, when I first moved back and got back involved with the NAACP, mm-hmm. I had thought we were a whole lot further than we actually were. And I come to find out after being in, in, involved that we are still fighting those same fights that were being fought in the 60s. Can you give me some examples? We're still fighting housing discrimination. We still, what you call it, 47% of, of people are still a food insecure. Yeah. We're, where this station is located is inside of a, a food desert. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. You, you know, and so. Yeah, there so, aren't a lot of growth. For anyone that doesn't know what he's saying, there aren't a lot of grocery stores uh, there, around here. None. Right. Really? I mean, you have those, those smaller right. mom and pop type shops, okay? Yes. But, I mean, those things. Um, the, from the past, a lot of it is still happening. It, it, it went from, and I like to, I heard it put this way, it went from Jim Crow to James Crow Esquire, meaning that it's done a little bit differently now, but the results are still the same, which means that we are still behind as the data proves. So I, I, I don't know how to say uh, in response to what you said that I know you're wrong or I know you're right because I don't, I don't have data that backs up either of those positions. I know the data you're pointing to and the, the things that uh, you can interpret from this data, uh, but there are no um, stories I'm familiar with, no banks that get caught acting um, in a racist way because that's illegal in today's society now. Uh, there have been a lot of policy changes that didn't exist before the civil rights movement with every intention of trying to uh, out any sort of behavior that's that's wrong. So when uh, anybody has a conversation, I'm a white 30-something, so I don't mean to say that this is just a white man and a black man sure. uh, differing on an idea. Sure. Uh, but when anybody has a conversation about the racism of today, there is no definitive proof that gives you only that um, um, understanding. In some of this data that I'm looking at, uh, where it says 8 out of 10 inmates at the Peoria County Juvenile Detention Center are black, uh, that report uh, showed 16% of the juvenile jail population is white. Uh, one of the things I would say in, in response to that, and I don't know why this is what it is, is I, I know I've talked to Eric Echeverria about this. Some of the things that we're seeing happen for very young people in our community um, are, for whatever reason, typically um, a, about the percentages they're saying here, um, things that are happening within the black community. And I don't have an answer for yeah. why well, that is. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's more than that because there are a lot of individuals, and even Chicago, that's doing a lot of the work that never gets advertised. Okay. There are people advocating, such as NAACP and other organizations, like organizations, doing the work on the ground mm-hmm. that never gets the publicity that a, a shooting gets. So I won't say 
and I, and you shouldn't either say that there is no work that the that the black oh, no. community is not doing. Oh no, I, I would never say that. That the black uh, community is not doing anything but letting it happen. No, there's people on yeah. the ground in the trenches yes. every day, putting their lives on the line, trying to make it better. I wholeheartedly and, agree with you. And so it's not that. Nothing is being done. Right. Those things just don't get reported as much. No, and I've, I've had a few organizations in this very studio, and I'd like mm-hmm. to have more uh, that mm-hmm. talk about the way in which they, they try to work within uh, the community to do better uh, mm-hmm. for the community. I'm sure you're involved in a lot of that stuff, too. I've even been at meetings. Uh, there's a very cool meeting that I attended after a guy – this is a funny story. I don't think I've ever told you this, Pastor. Uh, my car is a 96 Jeep, and it's terrible, and it mm-hmm. dies all the time. I go through a drive through and the car just sh- shuts off. Mm-hmm. And so I was at a Taco Bell drive through with the wife, with my dog in the back seat. The car dies. I have to walk through and get my food. And a man uh, behind me got out of his car and pushed the car all the way through with me mm-hmm. and then sat down and talked to me about his organization. He's a black man who tries to do better within black communities, mm-hmm. and he invited me to a meeting. And so I showed up at a meeting, and I was the only – I think I was one of two white guys uh, in the room, and it was moving because mm-hmm. everyone in the room was saying, these are the things we're seeing uh, in our neighborhoods, and these are the things that we're trying to address mm-hmm. uh, with young people who are saying something, and we're trying to say something different. And um, this might be an oversimplification, and this is where I'd love your, your insight. Uh, what I heard a lot in that room is it was hard to reach younger people in, in uh, the, the black community uh, and make them believe that they have a they have a opportunity uh, in a way that maybe they weren't seeing they did to have a a better life. I'm, I'm, I know I'm oversimplifying it, uh, but essentially that was one of the biggest challenges: is convincing people uh, who were uh, not, um, you know, um, doing things that you'd want to happen in a community. There were people that were were probably on a. I, I'm trying not to say it in the you know most simplistic way again, but they were on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. For their life. Well, you got to understand, poverty is tough. And if you've seen poverty from a younger person's perspective, think about the young kids growing up now. Sure. They see a lot of violence. Sure. In their families and in, 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 in close proximity. So yeah. you got PTSD throughout the community. You got poverty that's systemically has happened. You have generations yeah. of poverty. And, 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 and when I say poverty, it's not that people are not sitting back and doing nothing. Sure. They are trying to climb their way out of it. Right. However, because of the way uh, things have happened, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get out of poverty. So what you have now is a mindset of survival. Yeah. People are doing what they need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. People are doing what they need to do to eat. Yeah. People, you or I... Chances are we don't go home without a choice of what we want to eat. Sure. Some people go home and don't have a don't yeah. have food or much left. Well, alone a choice. This know? is this is something yeah. I feel uh, uniquely uh, capable of talking about, actually, yeah. because I, I was raised um, very, I guess people would say poor. Um, mm-hmm. I was raised by a single mom. I, I was raised in a household that for a while had no income as my mom went back to school and tried to. There was actually a period of time before uh, the divorce was settled and she was getting child support where, where my mom was very much struggling and we'd show up at the church each week, ask for food, whatever food we were given, that's the food we consume that week. So I've lived a, a lot of that life through a, a majority of my childhood and no one told me 
that this would be forever. No one looked at me and said, you know, you're never going to climb beyond this. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's a, a comment in our society as a whole. Uh, my mom climbed out of a lot of the challenges she faced early on after getting a divorce. And, and today, I'm someone that fits all the things you just said. I go home and I have multiple choices as far as what I eat. I, I'm not renting. I'm, I own a home. Uh, these are all things that I feel personally I've built in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I think if if anyone, anyone that I looked up to had told me that the system is unfair toward me, I may not have tried as hard as I did the ways that I did to be where I am today because I don't think it was an easy path to this moment that I'm sitting in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were actually several years of getting paid very little money uh, to be at the lowest level possible at companies that are similar to the one I work at now mm-hmm. and just putting in my time in those ways. And so with that in mind, and maybe I can just ask this to you and we can pause because we got to take a break and then we're going to bring you back. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that some uh, people that I hear from, leaders of um, the black community, struggle to convince young men that they could, if if they uh, push themselves in school or anywhere else, climb out of the challenges they face? Because there are a lot of examples of people uh, of all walks of life, all, all races, all sexes that have done that. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that is true. But think about this. When... Let's say I'll just take a case out of New York where a lady and a young African-American man had rented a bike. He put the bike back in to uh, recharge it or whatever the case sure. may be. I know the story. He, yeah. and, and, and he was coming to, you know, yeah. and she wanted to take that bike that he had away from him, yeah. which he had already paid for. Yes. But I said all that to say this. When you see a black man walk up to you, mm-hmm. he already has two exes. One, is he black? And if he's young, he's black and young. Sure. Or if he's bigger, he's young, black, and bigger, sure. which all already gives a connotation of somebody that's scary. I appreciate that. Yeah. I would make one comment in reaction to the story you just told, because I'm very familiar with the story you told. Mm-hmm. The way I heard it is that the young black man had already paid for his, his uh, scooter, and he was just detaching it to ride it. And a white woman who had not paid for a scooter demanded the one that he had already paid for. And mm-hmm. he said, no, mm-hmm. uh, there was a video that was caught. It mm-hmm. went viral. Mm-hmm. And I think that woman actually wound up getting fired from her job, which is something we see ha- happen often for, quote, unquote, Karens, especially if they act in a racist way. So society as a whole reacts and says that this is inappropriate. This person did something wrong and people wind up getting punished. That's well, very different than what saying. She, what if she didn't have the, what if they didn't have the video? But in today's society, almost everyone has a video. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure yeah. there are things that aren't yeah. on video. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to say that there aren't. Then, but the capability yeah. to record something yeah. is so much higher, especially yeah. for young people today. And if society as a whole deems something to be racist, society reacts to it. And then usually you see uh, more things uh, occur, which mm-hmm. is wholeheartedly different than saying there's someone who has no opportunity uh, to gain you know, uh, fair treatment uh, just with exposure of a story. I don't, I'm not familiar with any sort of news organization that would reject a story because it would make a white person look racist. In fact, in today's society, it seems that any and every story uh, that has proof of that actually winds up being quite viral. To a degree, I, I, I agree. So then that's a different mm-hmm. version of society than the one that was denying that these things exist. Yeah, well, and then, but, they, but the, the truth of the matter is these things do exist, whether it's sure. uh, written seen or even spoken there's a lot of unspoken things that happen simply by someone who submits an application with the name that looks 
quote unquote black. No, I understand. Yeah, All right, yeah, uh, here, let's yeah. pause. We got yeah. a lot more to do, yeah. uh, and I appreciate the conversation. Mm-hmm. We will get to the conversation about Florida, uh, but this is the uh, pastor, uh, Hightower, who is the president of the NAACP here in the Peoria area. A quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thank you for being with us. Um, Pastor Marvin Hightower is here. He's the president of the NAACP in Peoria. We're having, a, I mean, honest, a frank conversation. And thank you for staying and hanging out as we go through this. Uh, let's get to Florida quickly, and then maybe we can transition back to anything else you guys are working on here locally um, uh, before we conclude the conversation. Uh, so the NAACP issued a travel advisory for Florida. Uh, and the reason why uh, they said they issued the travel advisory, I think I have the actual advisory in front of me, is, quote, Florida is openly hostile toward African-Americans, people of color, and LGBTQ plus individuals. Before traveling to Florida, please understand that the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African-Americans and other communities of color. Uh, this is a, a message that you support. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this travel advisory is really not about violence per se. It's about policies that's been instituted. Gotcha. Uh, the banning of books. You know, when you ban a book, you're taking away someone's culture, possible culture, learning about a certain sect of the society, mm-hmm. which needs to be learned, telling the truth about what really happened to a community in America. Sure. It's history. Yeah. We learn from it so that we won't repeat it. And if a person that don't know their history, they're either going to be doomed to repeat Repeat it, right. or it's like a tree uh, with no roots. So I'm not familiar yeah. with every single book that's been banned in Florida, yeah. uh, and uh, I guess I would even uh, say that banned is not necessarily the accurate word because they're available in a public library for anyone to walk in and, and pick up any of these books. They're banned in schools, um, and the books that are banned, for the most part, from what I understand, are books that are sexually graphic. They're not books that are specific to African-American history or or you know, things like slavery, uh, those books aren't banned. Well, Rosa Parks. Yeah. You can't talk about Rosa Parks. Her, or, 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 or individuals like Martin Luther King, that can't be taught. What policy in, says that? The, 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 the policy that's instituted in Florida. The, what is the Stop Woke uh, Stop the Wrongs, Stop Woke Act. Stop Wrongs yeah. for, Against Kids and Employees Act, or the Stop Woke Act. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much pretty much. If one person, yeah. such as this individual that uh, had Amanda Gorman's poem right. moved out of the school into another mm-hmm. area, said that it only takes one person to say that they don't like it, without a rebuttal, without an opportunity to rebuttal. But if you read the poem. It has nothing in there derogatory. Then that same individual says that she doesn't read. Sure. So if she doesn't read, how could she know what's in the poem? So um, sometimes I feel like uh, what happens in conversations, I'm not accusing you of this, Mm -hmm. but I think this is the way it happens a lot for a lot Mm -hmm. of people, is we oversimplify uh, what's actually happening on the ground. Uh, Florida is teaching history. Uh, They are teaching uh, about things like slavery. They are teaching about Martin Luther King. They are teaching about Rosa Parks from anything and everything I've seen. Uh, The thing that they banned was a... AP course, uh, an African-American studies course uh, that had about 110 different um, subjects within it. Uh, I'm going to simplify it to subjects, curriculum, pieces. Some of those pieces went well beyond teaching about the black experience in America and went to teaching about things like um, um, queer identity and whatnot. And so when I when I read through the reason that this was something that Florida pushed back on, and this was the the, the start of a conversation between the NAACP and Ron DeSantis or anyone else uh, accusing Florida and DeSantis of 
governing in a way that that was racial. Um, but it seemed as though Florida only objected to a very small amount of 110 total different courses that or subjects that would have been taught to a high school student that was looking for college credit. And had those topics been removed, the course would not still be banned um, in Florida. And I think there actually was even an education decision that pulled back on some of those teachings. Um, and I do know that things like uh, critical race theory are things that are much less likely to be allowed to be taught in schools for, for well, younger kids. Well, critical race theory is not taught in high schools, number one. Right. It's, no, I, I, I know. It's in colleges and universities if you're going to be a lawyer. That's correct. Uh, so, that's the so, critical race so theory. So we take that one yeah, off the table. Critical race theory yeah. comes from um, teaching yeah. college-educated people, especially, yeah. as you said, people yeah. in the legal field yeah. about specific things. Uh, there's accusations that it's being used or the sensibilities of it or even the people who are most predominantly featured as as those that helped uh, create um, the the concept of critical race theory, there's ideology being taught in other ways within the schools, and so those are the things that the uh, you know the stop woke whatever the the um, thing they're calling this is actually does go after. It seems to be simplifying lessons uh, for children, but not shying away from the because I, I learned about slavery as a kid growing up um, in Indiana and in uh, New Jersey or some of the places where I had my education. And I feel that it opened my eyes uh, to a lot of the things that you and I are even talking about today. Uh, but I wasn't taught some of the things that they say that may be taught today, like uh, teaching a younger person that depending on your race, you have a much higher likelihood or lower likelihood to succeed in, in general. And I know that oversimplifies some of the critical race theory uh, concepts uh, but aren't some of those things that are being taught by adults potentially uh, shaping a, a child's opinion in a way that that harms the child? And what I mean by that is harms the child's uh, belief that they, in fact, can succeed. Well, no, because a lot of those things talk, tell the real truth. I mean, we want to uh, glaze over certain things or certain aspects uh, that happen to our community, black community in America or the marginalized communities in America when the actuality is when you tell someone the truth then they have the opportunity to decide one way or the other whether to accept it or move on or to to work with the the marginalized community sure. to move things forward so, so if you don't hide the truth right we need to uncover the truth unpack the truth because it's well, I'm a preacher so the truth will make us free I, I respect <laughs> you very much as a preacher Catholic Craig uh, is talking about on the radio all the time so you're saying that all of these aspects of, of how policy and certain decisions are made and the lack of, of certain education uh, leads to a lack of opportunity uh, for people from the, the black community I'm not saying that it leads to lack of opportunity but I'm just saying my stance is to simply tell the truth and what is the reason for that? The reason for the truth is so that you will know it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know it, then you'll have a, a wrong, a, 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 the wrong conception, which I totally leads agree. to a misconception. So when so. when truth becomes opinion and not actually verifiable, data-driven proof, is that still the truth? Or in times, is that potentially opinion? Well, it could be opinion. Well, but, there's some. There's some. Yeah. I, I know I've yeah. read a lot. Even in the actually report here yeah. in Peoria, uh, there's there's ways in which it's insinuated that there's some things that just can't be studied. Uh, you're not going to walk into a, um, uh, uh, a company 
that you believe, not you personally, but someone believes, is acting racist and ask them, hey, are you being racist? And the guy will look you in the face and be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally – like right. we, don't, we don't have that. Right. So some of these things you can only get a secondary perception of and certainly if that you, opinion and plays a collect, role. And if you collect the data, meaning sure. if you look at the roles and on who works at this company, yeah. then also look a little deeper. Where are they within the company? Sure. Are they at the highest levels or right. are they only at the entry level? Yeah. Or are they in the middle or is there a path to success? I, I understand that. You know so I mean? in, in so DEI – So in that in that frame of reference, um, and this is a stat current as of right now, unemployment rates for black Americans, New York, 8.3 percent. New York, the state is a state that is quite woke, that is willing to teach a lot of things. California, 7.5 percent of black Americans are unemployed in California, even though, again, that's a state that has a lot of policies that differ from Florida. The amount of unemployed in Florida for the black American community, 3.8 percent. Why would Florida have a disproportionately lower percent of unemployed um, black Americans if they are creating a system that is unfair? Well, let's rewind for a minute when you said woke. What does woke mean to you? Woke to me at times means things that cannot be defined. Not what does it mean, not at times. Yeah, well, Well, hold on. Uh, Because... Well, I'm a millennial, so there are things that uh, people would refer to as woke that I don't think are woke. And so when we're talking about, and the reason I say at times, things that I think are taught because they're believed to be true uh, and not actually data-driven to be true, um, wind up being taught by a a lot of people because um, being, quote, woke today means accepting a lot of different um, opinions without really knowing or even totally agreeing with those opinions all the time. So to me, the problem um, lands in those sorts of things that I can't actually prove to you, but I'm telling you I know to be true. Um, because even if you wind up being right about that stuff, uh, that is stuff that I think probably shouldn't be taught in a classroom until we can prove it more definitively. And we might never be able to, and that that's a challenge I admit exists. Um, but to me, the woke that is not things I support are because there's there's no actual proof of the position. So what's the opposite of woke? Um, I, I don't know. I guess the sleep. opposite of huh? <laughs> sleep. to be asleep. Sure. <laughs> and you can't be asleep. You have to be woke to me. This right. is what it means. It means to be aware of everything that's going on around you and everything that's happened to you and a system that's been in place that has um, over the years right. held a certain part of the community Okay, but I would say I would say in response to that, uh, Tim Scott, who's now running for president, says, and I I think this is a powerful quote, uh, my life disproves their narrative. And what he means by that is my life disproves the narrative of the left, the narrative of the Democrats, uh, that people who look like Tim Scott, who've had the life that Tim Scott has, will not have the success that Tim Scott has to be a senator. (laughs) Well, don't you. I have my thoughts about him. But in short, one of the things that I heard about Tim Scott through from another person that worked in the legislature when he was in the legislature sure. as a rep, mm-hmm. Tim Scott, the the black caucus of that state that state legislature walked out for voting rights. Tim Scott didn't. When one of the members of that uh, people that walked out yeah. asked him what was wrong or why didn't he walk out, mm-hmm. he said, "Well, you're here for the people. I'm here for the money." So. So you, just, you, you said that's a that's a uh, an actual thing that I can look up and find a quote where if, where if someone you, I'll I'll give off air I'll give you okay because it was Cause, done during an interview that I heard from this person that 
worked as a, a representative gotcha. that worked alongside with Tim okay, Scott in the yeah, state rep. I, I would, I, yeah, and I'm not saying yeah, that you would yeah. say something untrue on my show. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah, that it's hard yeah. for me to, to, to yeah, you know, yeah. uh, figure but that out. And I know saying, that... Uh, don't use him as a... No, no. Well, I, but I, yeah. I think that it's relevant to use any example. So my example also, I've been at times in my life accused of having an easy life because uh, I'm a white guy and I'm on the radio now. And people will tell me, they'll say, hey, man, you know, like... Um, um, how did you get to where you are? And I'll tell them some of my life and some of my experience, and they'll say, well, one of the reasons you're probably where you are now is is because of my race. Um, and I just told you that my childhood was not easy, uh, that there were a lot of challenging aspects to it, and especially the the economic situation that I was in uh, early on in my life. And the, the education I had access to early on in my life was the same education that is derided right. in some of these conversations. So and before, yet, before we, I know we got here, yeah. Right. So, so wait, I just want to say, so yeah. sitting here right now, don't I also disprove part of the narrative? Well, not to a, to an extent. Let me say that. But let's go back to Tim Scott. How many black senators are there in the United States Senate? I don't have that off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, um, and I can I can try to look that up. But do you know the answer? Mm-hmm. I, I look it up. Okay. Dr. Google. Yes, uh, Dr. Google. Um, Dr. Google. Okay. Uh, so right now in the United States, um, I might have to take a break because I'm not sure that I can put this in as easily. To, I, I can't find it as um, – hold on. Uh, U.S. Senators – uh, but uh, your point is that there are not many of them. He is the exception, not the rule. Okay, that's the that's the point. Gotcha. Um, well, um, uh, there are there are several um, black senators. Uh, Cory Booker is another example that's listed here. Um, mm-hmm. I would I'd have to find the exact number, mm-hmm. and then I would I would ask you uh, one thing uh, in response to that. Um, if the percentage of black Americans is equivalent to the percentage of senators who are black. Is that disproving or reaffirming the idea that society is unfair for black people? It actually reaffirms it because it prob- the percentage out of what a hundred seniors. Mm-hmm. If you name, I don't know. I'm still trying two, to find them. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to yeah. say that I have all the names of every senator. Uh, Ralph Warnock, um, Kamala Harris is no longer yeah. actually yeah. Uh, in office. Uh, Mo uh, uh, Cohen is a senator from Massachusetts, but I don't think he's actually in office anymore. I, I'm going to need a minute to mm-hmm. figure this out mm-hmm. um, because I understand the the position you're taking, mm-hmm. um, but I want the data to back up the concept. Sure. sure. Um, and then actually I think a lot of people would ask why does this occur and there might be several potential um, ways to get to – how we get to, to where, but I don't know. I, this is something I need to look up. Mm-hmm. Um, but before uh, 11 have been African-American, uh, as of January 20th, 2021, there have been 1,994 members of the United States Senate. Only 11 have been African-American. Um, that's that historically. Mean, I, yeah, yeah, out of that amount. Yes, right. Out of that's that amount a very throughout history. small percentage. Reduced. And I, I would concede that easily and say mm-hmm. that for a large amount of the history in this country, things were absolutely unfair um when you have the civil rights movement saying that it shouldn't that there shouldn't be segregation anymore that absolutely uh, that's true um yeah. you know so and if you go back before even after uh uh the slaves were freed that was the highest amount of african americans that entered into congress but the backlash was reconstruct <laughs> after reconstruction yeah. after lincoln was killed yes and the backlash happened right and yes. from that time up mm. until <laughs> It's been very few and far between. As so, um, uh, with the listener's help, um, the um, the belief right now is that there are three current black senators, uh, which would be uh, three out of out of 
uh, mm-hmm. 100. So um, that's 3%. The amount of African Americans in the United States is 12%. So the uh, percentage is off by nine senators uh, totally. So obviously there is a, a demonstration within that concept uh, that for a reason that I don't think either of us can can completely know, um, this is not a reflection of the amount of um, people of a race that are, you know, within the country. So, uh, again, one of the things I would say in response to that, and this is the way this conversation is coming up right now, is that, and this tends to be true, uh, a lot more people, uh, a lot more black people wind up living in big cities as opposed to in uh, smaller parts of the country. And there are a lot of cities that have a, a very significant percentage of individuals, and those cities um, come from states that do have black representatives. Uh, California, New York. Um, so I, I wonder Chicago and Illinois. Uh, I wonder if a part of the problem, if that's what you want to say it is, is that there's not as many people of um, a specific race equally distributed throughout the 50 states of the United States of America. And so then if you don't have very many people within a community voting in, say, you know, North Dakota, the likelihood of having a well, the likelihood of having someone who's a a black representative yeah. in North Dakota yeah. is low, yeah. and so then you're not necessarily playing with the fair uh, version of this number should equate to this number if you're um, breaking the numbers apart in a way that's not necessarily reflective of how society today lives, right? So, sure. so it would be very hard for for someone to be a representative of a state that does not have a significant population. Uh, no matter what the the race set, whatever it is uh, that we're talking about, um, it would be a bigger challenge yeah. um, than say in a place where there are a lot more people of that race. Um, sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I give you that. Okay. I mean, so then, I mean, so then I'm not probably, saying apples to apples. Right. However, I was just pointing out. No, and I, I think that, that's fair. The, the, you know, the disparity. Yeah. And I think mean? when we talk about these things, not lying is an important mm. aspect for both of us. Uh, right. Both of us need to find a way to have a right. conversation that's not right. going to ignore aspects of the truth. Um, but I guess at the end of all of this, and I know we're, we're pressed for time, I would say that if Florida is doing things that seem to be helping the black community uh, via the, the unemployment rate being as low as it is, um, I know Ron DeSantis has been touting the amount but, of, but, of um, I know business owners who are black. Unemployment, the unemployment rate here, let's talk locally, mm-hmm. is generally, and those, that, those, that data from the RJE proves it, yeah. is three times higher than uh, the country. Sure. So you take that and, and, and spread that out across the country. I understand. You see what I mean? But is there any chance, and this is kind of what we started with, and I guess mm-hmm. this is good that it's what we end with, that the community itself is not giving people faith to believe that they can succeed in the United States as it is? No, oh, no, I'm not saying that at okay. wholeheartedly. So the, the community as no, a whole. I'm not saying that. The community as a whole uh, does not discourage uh, people within the community. Um, even in the slightest. No, no, no. Okay. You know, we hear that pull yourself up with the bootstraps, but if you don't got no boots, you have no straps. Gotcha. People are constantly trying to give other individuals within the community hope and say that you can achieve. But Mm -hmm. if you look historically, when someone achieves of color, achieves something, it's always the goalpost gets moved or they have a harder way to get there, and then once they are there, then they are brought down, and that happens. Or they are, are, are it takes it takes it's so hard to get there because the rules are not the same. And and and, and, and that's that's the part yeah, that's yeah. the part that's harder today to to prove yeah. than it was years ago. I would say that. So there there's 
a lot of people, myself included, that that are inclined to believe that the rules are not as unfair as they used to be and that that is a good thing and that affirmative action and other things like that um, demonstrate the ability for people of any walk of life, especially if you succeed in, in school, but uh, to get opportunities. Now. Affirmative action is being attacked. I know that it is. Yeah, I am, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of that, but, yeah. but there's, aspects of it, there's aspects of it that, that do exist and, and allow people um, of, of you know, uh, certain communities to have access to things like a, a higher level college education than people who'd be, quote unquote, more qualified, but are not the right race. Well, no, um, that, not, not saying that either. Well, no, because there are people who have better grades and don't get into elite schools because um, they lost their position to someone who didn't have as as good of a resume, but is someone that is a benefactor of, of um, affirmative action. Well, that, that, that does occur. But then you got to look at the grades. Mm-hmm. That's that's a blanket statement that you just made. I know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's the a blanket. But it's, it's the a point. Perception. But it's that's the, a perception. But no, but it's it's, it's but the point. It. You talk about data. I could prove, prove it. it. Prove it's it. the it's the point of affirmative action to say that because this person comes from a community that was disadvantaged, uh, they um, are given the ability to get into a school that they. The belief is would have gotten into if they had had access to the better education. That, that's that's what affirmative action is on its on its face is giving someone that on paper doesn't have the resume to to you know get in somewhere compared but, to someone but else. They have the grades. They, they may they not don't, live. They don't always have. They have the grades. As we as we. Uh, they have the grades. Well, it depends on what level of education we're talking they about. Because the grades. They, they don't always have the grades to they the degree the that grades. someone who doesn't make it into the school Ooh. does. Uh, they don't always have the grades. Uh, they being whatever individuals benefit from something like affirmative action, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying specifically any one community, but there are times when people demonstrate that they were more qualified on paper and did not, and this is why it's being attacked, I think, as you said, affirmative action, and they did not get access to the thing that they thought they had earned, whatever it is, uh, a college educated, whatever it might be. And, and that's vice versa. Right. I, I know there's, I know there's <laughs> vice versa, but, but I, I was simply, I was simply <laughs> stating a second ago, that, I was simply stating a second ago that it's, it's, it's real, and you said yeah. it was a blanket statement, yeah. but it, it is a reality in yeah. our society. And, and that happens vice versa. Right. Someone no, I know. that Overly qualified for a position, and I, someone yeah, like, my statement, who may be somebody. My statement had yeah, no intention yeah, yeah, of yeah, disproving yeah, the yeah, statement yeah, you're yeah, making yeah, now. Yeah. It only had the the intention of demonstrating that the society is quite a bit different than it was in the past, uh, in a lot of valuable and those, beneficial ways. Yet some of those systems still remain, which was what sure. part of our work does sure. is yeah. to address policy. Yeah. And laws. All right. We're very late. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to do a quick traffic, although actually, no, we're just going to skip the traffic because, um, well, we're about to do one within the news. I'm going to take a couple minutes break and then we'll get to the